recorded live in downtown Newtown. This is Rancho Notorious, a podcast about movies and other cool stuff. You can find this and all the other episodes of the show at funeralsandsnakes.net forward slash Rancho Notorious. Welcome everybody to season three, episode number six of Rancho Notorious. My name is Dan Slevin, and here with me in Wellington, New Zealand, is Kaylee Carruthers. Hello. What a pleasure it is to have you here. You have made a special trip mm-hmm. down to Wellington. Just south. South to Wellington. <laughs> for this very special show. Yeah. And so where have you been? We Start with answering that question, and then we'll talk about where, where we've both been for the last month, because it's a month since we did a show. I know. Um, I've been north of the wall. Uh <laughs> Um, touring around, went up to Auckland, met yeah. the very lovely people at Cactus Lab, and was all excited to catch up with our executive producer, Matt Buchanan, but unfortunately he had the plague. So There's been a lot of that around. Yeah. So it's ho- been decimalization everywhere you yeah. turn. I mean, we missed an entire show two weeks ago. Due to be- the plague. Due to the, yeah. And it was going to be good. We had a special guest I from know. Christchurch. Yeah. I was going to talk about my single years in Vancouver. We can still do be, that. It was going to be salacious, people. Yeah, we we're going to get the full. We were going to get the full <laughs> insight, and so, but we'll st- we'll get to that. We'll yeah, get to that a little yeah. bit later on. But yeah, basically everybody in this house got sick that week. Mm. Every single except Arthur, Arthur, who is a picture of rude health whenever you whenever you see him. Uh, if you've just joined the show, Arthur is the uh, Rancho Notorious uh, kitten now, teenager, um, and he's still bouncing off the walls we had to shut the door of the studio to mm. keep him out um, if anything goes slightly awry on this show it's probably because he's been allowed to walk across this mixing desk and I haven't checked all <laughs> of the settings anyway so but the rest of the family were, we were all wiped out so two weeks ago we had to take um, a week off and yeah so sorry you, I'm, I'm guessing we've all been forgotten you know probably yeah no one's listening we're just speaking into the void now <laughs> Yawning into the void <laughs> on Rancho Notorious. So, and thank you for coming. You got the bus down. I got the bus down. It's my first time taking a bus trip in New Zealand. I used to do it a lot in Canada because, as listeners will know, I have a fear of flying. So, I'm sure I've mentioned this before. Um, so, actually, tomorrow morning I'm getting up early to take a bus up to Hamilton. So, on the bus. But it's kind of exciting. It's like you get on a double decker bus and you have to wear a seatbelt. And it's like, ooh, it's all safe. But um, yeah, I'll be. It's long, though, isn't it? They're, they're long journeys, those bus ones. Yeah. Yeah. Especially to Hamilton. So I'll be loading up my tablet with things to watch, seeing as I've blazed through Broadchurch. <laughs> Tempted to watch it again, though. Um, but yeah. All right. But have you been watching movies? While you've been uh, away, because you finished your uh, NZIF contract, mm-hmm. what a couple of weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. and 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 you're on, you know, footloose and fancy free. Yeah, doing a bit of a detox. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really been watching many films. I've mostly been catching up on television, mm-hmm. filmic television, other cool stuff actually. On other, yes, yeah. I've been catching up on other cool stuff. Uh, very exciting staying in hotels and being able to watch Sky because we don't have cable TV at home. So it's very thrilling to watch Discovery Channel. <laughs> the, it's the little things, isn't it? They yeah. get, <laughs> motels and 
Yeah, in cable TV. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But we have much more exciting news than that. We do. And I suppose I should get to that. This is a... Um, this is a, a... It's a landmark moment. It is. a it, Yeah. It's a day that I never thought would ever come, frankly, because, you know, it's, uh, it's just over a year since we launched the show, isn't it? It was sort of June-ish last year. I don't remember. This time last year we were coming to the end of season one. I don't don't know. This time last year we were coming to the end of season one. So it's it's not two years since we uh, since we um, did started this thing, Um, and you know we started it with an enormous amount of uh, moral support as well as financial support from a lot of people, and we were very grateful for that. It's um, given us uh, an opportunity and ability to actually put this thing out. Every started off weekly, now every two weeks, simply because day jobs have just been um, getting in the way. But uh, against, uh, not against, as a a complete surprise to me, when I left my job at Fishhead Magazine, which is Wellington's Lifestyle Magazine, um, I I found myself going, well, something will turn up, you know, like I, I, I don't think there's anything more that I can do here, but let's just see what the universe provides. And not long after that, I got uh, contacted by Radio New Zealand, who I do a little bit of work for every now and then, as do you, Kaylee. Mm-hmm. And um, they were interested in doing uh, some more content around the film, television, box set, cool stuff, essentially space, um, in in their in terms of their online programming, which they're they're trying to sort of boost um, and to see where they can where they can take it. You know what. What, what can we do with digital that uh, we don't have room for on the, uh, the normal broadcast um, schedules? And so we've been talking, uh, I've been talking to them for uh, quite a few weeks now about ways in which we might be able to work together, uh, how we might be able to fund it, um, what sort of content we might be able to create for them. And always at the back of my mind was very clear that I did not want Whatever happened with RNZ, I did not want to stop doing this. So obviously the first um, priority really was to be able to say to, to, to them, well, can let's bring the show. You know, you get, let's, let's uh, among all of the other bits of content. Dan Slavin is a package deal. Exactly. Rancho Notorious or nothing. <laughs> I said, I didn't say to them actually. But um, as it turns out, uh, you know, what we do here is, it's extremely different to what uh, a normal Radio New Zealand program would be. But in the online space, all kind of bets are off, really. They're not sure exactly what sort of material that they want to be able to um, to put out. We're going to experiment. We're going to innovate. We're going to send stuff out into the world, see how, uh, how people respond to it, see what sort of audiences we can generate. Um, and... Uh, you know, so yeah, effectively, uh, from the 14th of September, I become a permanent part time superannuation paying Radio New Zealand staff member, features producer in the features department, uh, audio slash visual, vague enough that covers lots of bases. Um, so I'll be uh, spending half my week. Uh, working at Toifakati, the New Zealand Drama School, doing the uh, marketing and communications there. The other half of my week is going to be spent working for Radio New Zealand, um, producing movie content, reviews, 
uh, video pieces, written pieces, audio, um, contributing to on-air stuff where necessary, um, and generally being part uh, part of the Radio New Zealand film team, which basically is Simon Morris on At The Movies right at the moment. Um, so we'll be working with him on uh, boosting the online presence of the uh, of his material as well as uh, seeing what we can do. So, yeah, I, I, I had to do um, a screen test <laughs> for Radio New Zealand. It's the weirdest thing, right? So I, so I, got, I had to go to Radio New Zealand and uh, record a, uh, a review to camera of uh, Mad Max Fury Road and, uh, and then take that footage away and edit it together myself and turn it uh, with um, clips from the movie from the electronic press kit. Did you have dramatic chair turns and like hair flips? No, <laughs> no, I didn't do that. But I did. I, I did. I'm just I, imagining it being like the best screen <laughs> test of all time. What I did learn after a weekend spent staring at my own face, editing, <laughs> editing this uh, piece, which no one will ever get to see. Dang it. <laughs> it's it's going to be buried in a time capsule. Uh, is that um, I'm never shaving again. And because I had, I was clean shaven and I was, you know, I'm, it looked like, um, are you familiar with the Barry Humphreys character, uh, Sir Les Patterson, the, uh, the Australian high commissioner or cultural attache, the Australian cultural mm. attache to the, anyway, it was like him doing a film review. And I, so therefore, <laughs> uh, it was a good learning experience. I decided that, uh, that was not a good look for me and I'm going to, um, I'm going to have this tabby beard. Um, which is going to be the, the thing that people will see. As, as a woman, I feel quite jealous of, of the male beard. Because, you know, you can get away with a lot. You oh, know, it's sort and of we like, do. You know, it's like, I just, oh, what am I? Mm. Isn't it Casually nice? Casually placed hand. It's nice Thoughtful. to have the choice. I, ha I have to say, it's nice to be able to go, you know, it's like you can, um, you know, if you, if, you, uh, if you want to go incognito, you can just get rid of it for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go away on holiday, you come back with one. It's amazing. Mm. Um, so that's, uh, so yeah, so we, I, I, I had to do this audition, uh, and so there'll be. Uh, I'm going to try and squeeze out as much content in that 20 hours a week as possible. So uh, it will be yeah, video reviews of current releases. Um, I'm going to go back to writing, which I'm really looking forward to. So there'll be I'll be uh, writing uh, a weekly uh, film review of the stuff. Hopefully not repeating myself, which is a, a little bit of a risk when there's so much content to be produced. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking about box sets. We're going to be doing about straight to video um, stuff. We're going to be doing. Um, uh, articles about um archive and uh, classic movies there's all sorts of stuff that we're going to uh going to be able to do and very much so uh we are bringing rancho notorious to radio new zealand um what shape or form that will take until i actually turn up on the 14th uh, of september and actually turn up at radio new zealand and talk to some people about it we're not quite sure um we this is a great opportunity for us to uh, kind of retool the show, I think. Um, for the first time in, in ages, I'll actually have some hours dedicated to producing it. You know, it, to, today I was busy printing out box office stats 10 minutes before we went to air. You know, it, it, it is a little bit thrown together, this show. Um, and I would love to be able to uh, be a little bit more um, uh, prepared. 
So we're going to have an opportunity to do that. Still very keen to do it here at Rancho Notorious Central. Still very keen to have guest uh, reviewers and have dinner afterwards, etc. But I think this is an opportunity uh, for us to um, provide a little more polish to uh, the product. Yeah. (laughs) Tell him he's dreaming. (laughs) But that anyway. So, but but this is some. It's something that has to be negotiated through Radio New Zealand. Like it's still got to be something that that, that the RNZ brand mm. is is um, uh, happy to have mm. go out under their yeah you know, through their through their service effectively. <laughs> so yeah, I suppose we better let them have mm. some feedback on it. So we're not sure how it's going to going to work out. So this is the the last show of Rancho Notorious in its current form. Um, we're probably going to have at least a month, maybe six weeks or so off while we work out what a new format will be. Um, the, when we transitioned from Cinematica, the old show, to Rancho Notorious, the, one of the big discussions was, are we going to keep the two-word review? And here we are, we're still doing the two-word review, even though I'm useless at it. Um, so, yeah, are, are we going to try and f- follow through with uh, some of the things that people really love about the show? Um are we still going to end up drifting into that to the into into uh, well into a second hour every mm. <laughs> every time we do it, or are we going to try and do do something a little bit tighter? And anyway, all of the, feel free, everybody who's uh, a fan of the show and listening to the show, to tell us what you would like to keep, what's important to you uh, about what we do, um, and what suggestions you might make for how we can improve it. Because we do have an opportunity now to actually really make Rancho Notorious the best movies and other cool stuff podcast in New Zealand something else that I'm really conscious of is that a lot a lot of our listeners are outside New Zealand mm. and RNZ being funded by the New Zealand taxpayer we have to be conscious of the fact that our primary audience really does have to be the New Zealand audience um, with keeping a sort of an eye on um, our staunch supporters and long-time listeners um, outside of New Zealand. So how is that going to work? Um, we'll find out um, over the next few weeks. But, um, you know, even while we're not on the air, the Twitter feed will keep on going. You can carry on talking to us. Keep those two-word reviews coming to us, and we'll keep tweeting out stuff that uh, we think is uh, cool and interesting. Um, and, yeah, let's have a discussion about where we can take this and what we can do with it. And meanwhile, um, yeah, I'm going to be trying to w- work on how I can produce all this other content that uh, that Radio New Zealand wants. And I'm going to be on holiday. <laughs> yeah, where does your next contract start? Um, I believe I'll be start. I haven't signed anything officially yet, uh, but I think I'll be starting in the second week of October, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that'll be exciting. So it's just what, yeah, feed up, watching watching TV? Yeah. On buses backwards and forwards, trying to chase chasing your partner around the country and hoping that he'll still be there when you get there. Yeah, I had to go. Yeah, I had to go pick up a cable for him today, and I was. He's like, "Oh, they might try to correct you." You know, I was like, "It's not a very, it's not a very common cable." And I just went in there really confidently and asked for it, and I got it. And they didn't question me, and I felt good today. That was my like win of the day. Great, getting a SATA to eSATA cable. There you go. The night is still young. The life of a cinema technician girlfriend so what else are we going to do on the show today now because we missed a week uh, uh, a fortnight ago uh there's a whole lot of stuff that we've seen that we haven't had a chance to talk about Mm -hmm. so rather than 
uh, have a super structured sort of show, I figured that what we would do is we would just go through the uh, the box office stats, and whenever we came across something that we'd seen, <laughs> we'd talk about it. it was, is that loose enough for everybody? Yeah, you yeah. Know? and maybe when we start with the mailbag, talk about some of the two-word reviews as well. Yeah, that's right. Launch off from there. Indeed. It's going to be just loosey-goosey. You guys, you guys have been absolutely caning it out with those two-word reviews. It's some really, really good work. The Merca... Chris Horman, just even this afternoon, was on fire. That's because I saw him this afternoon, uh-huh. and he felt the pressure. <laughs> I didn't pressure him. He's like, oh, you're recording. I need to go. Like, yes. I think, yeah, he did like four in one tweet. It was very impressive. Indeed. So, um, now, we never did that Instagram. Uh, got, we, we were promising that we were going to set up an Instagram account. We never did it. Maybe probably we should just park that idea for a mm-hmm. while. But but uh, Dan Sullivan's on Instagram. I am on Instagram. Lots of yeah. photos of Arthur. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's just I'm cat. on Instagram. It's just lots of photos of food. <laughs> um, so what we will do is at some point, we because uh, Reese Pie uh, wanted a, um, a photo of our heater. You know, and you know, to give you an idea about what it's like here at Rancho Notorious, I will uh, send that out to that make a note. I'm glad I had an event today, and I'm slightly made up right now. <laughs> if we go to RNZ, does that mm. mean we get like nice headshots taken for the podcast? That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, let's. We'll, we'll I'm going to need a that. lot of warning, though. We will just, we'll discuss. <laughs> it's it, it, funny you should say that. We uh, at Toy Ficardi, we just got staff photographs done for everybody because they're, they're, everybody's photos were so out of date, and um, yeah, it's you know some people are looking at their photos and they're coming back and they went, oh, yeah, I should have brushed my hair. Yes, you should have brushed your hair. <laughs> Too late now. So, yes, we will be giving uh, you plenty, grown a beard. plenty of notice. So who knows uh, what's, what's going to happen until I actually get into RNZ Broadcasting House on the terrace to talk to the rest of the team. Um, I'm not entirely sure what we're going to be allowed to do what we're going to be um you know it's going to be a bit of a negotiation i think mm. so uh, and i know that rnz really love you anyway because you're the ring in for um uh, standing room only when when simon's not there so you know it's that's it, you know i'm confident that we can pretty much pull off whatever we want mm. um it's just a question of how long it might take you know? yeah yeah watch this space basically mm. mailbag mm. Going all the way back, way, way back to August. Um, <laughs> I, I forget August. <laughs> Kiwi Chetton tweeted, I'm catching up on recent episodes on a bus from Barcelona to San Sebastian. Good to keep half a toe in the NZ film goers. He, he's been doing the Camino. Wow. Yeah. Listening to us. Listening to us on oh. the Camino. So a spiritual journey of tranquility with us in his head. I feel like that wouldn't be very tranquil. They'd be like, oh, shut uh, <laughs> oh my goodness so many tweets so many tweets um simon bunken bunkenberg who i had the pleasure of meeting which mm-hmm. is great finally got to meet him it's great when we meet listeners i know and it was strange because i introduced myself and he knew who i was and i didn't know who he was yeah because it's the moment like, you open your mouth and speak i know it's just, <laughs> it's just strange and i feel um, to review the passion of Joan of Arc, compelling close-ups. Every shot in this could be framed and put in the Musée Louvre. Yeah, he's he has um, really embraced the two-word review. So he's uh, putting those two-word reviews as the kind of shortcuts on his uh, letterboxed 
Dunham profile, mm-hmm. isn't he? Yes, and the Merca as well has been Chris Horman has been putting mm-hmm. them on Letterbox, so it's great. You can go and check out um, both of them. Had a ton of ends if uh, two word reviews. They're beautiful, beautiful. <sighs> Fred Thompson two word review for Fantastic Four: Heroic Boar. Not many superhero films are ruined once the protags get their powers. Disappointing. Did you see it? Yeah, we were going to talk about that, I think, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, One of the more dismal uh, efforts by a studio that I've ever come across, actually, Fantastic Four. In fact, probably because it's so so low on the New Zealand box office, we wouldn't even have a chance to talk about it otherwise. So let's – we'll we'll do it now. Mm. Um, This is a 20th Century Fox film. Fox have a reputation for uh, cost-cutting and trying to – get things as cheaply as possible hence you know shooting in Romania or whatever they whatever it is they can do and unlike when Marvel are working with um, uh, with uh, Disney on the Avengers and stuff like that where no expense is spared they know exactly what they're doing the Marvel universe is all completely coherent this is Marvel working with Fox and there's complete mis communication and mismanagement there there are two films in in fantastic four uh, a dark brooding hunger gamesy youth uh thing with because these are very very young fantastic four characters uh, and then there's um the attempt to rescue that film with a um a, a giant sort of space f- um, battle with massive effects right at the end Neither of those films are any good. It was... Well, I, I read that in no uncertain terms, this was a film to keep the rights. Like, they had to make this yeah. to keep the rights yeah. in their court. Well, and that's, what, and that's the same thing that Sony are doing with uh, Spider-Man. Although Sony have at least kind of leased Spider-Man back to uh, Marvel so that, so that Spider-Man can start appearing... The character Spider-Man can start appearing in the Marvel Universe. But yes, they're very... Uh, all very conscious of but like, what are those rights worth if you're making such garbage that you're losing money mm-hmm. like, I don't understand it's like throwing good money after bad over and over again they've 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 cocked up Fantastic Four every single time I would just be cutting my losses at this point and going back to something that they do know what makes money like Hannibal you know or the Red Dragons the Red Dragon series they make lots of money out of that boom do those hmm but no one listens to us. Well, no, people do listen to us, but they don't actually pay any attention to us at a studio level. Do you have two words? For that? Uh, yeah. Um, train wreck. There you go. Which brings us to... Oh, we'll, no, we'll talk about that in a little, yeah. in a little while. Also from Fred Thompson, two-word review for Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl, offbeat whimsy, straddles the line of almost becoming a bit twee, but the young leads were ace. And now that's, that is opening today, right? Yes, that opened today. Okay, so not in the box office. Hence, Hence you can talk about it because yes, you saw it today. I, I literally just came out of it an hour ago. <laughs> well, yeah, you're way ahead of me. So I, I've got nothing to contribute on this one. What did you, say? What did you think? I, I agree with the review. Um, the, the young leads were very good, very watchable. Um, for, for me, someone who reviews films and watches a lot of films is very, like particular and knows you know when films and filmmakers are being referenced and stuff like that which a lot of people do it's not just me i'm not trying to be a snob about it it for me it was a bit too obvious like there's just too much Werner Herzog and like too much 
like referencing other filmmakers that these two were doing while making their films. Too clever by half. But at the same time, for a teen audience who maybe don't know who Errol Morris is mm. or haven't watched Werner Herzog's earlier films or any of his films and aren't familiar with these things, it's a it's sort of a good intro and hopefully it'll pique their curiosity and they'll go look into these things. But but if you don't know them, how do you even know they're being that there's a reference? Or is that or is it something is it somehow obvious that you should know? Um s some of them were you should know. I'm not giving you many hints and others. It was sort of, it felt like it was beating you over the head, but it was just driving the point home. Mm -hmm. But I, th I think it came from a place of someone who, who's a director who legitimately loves films and is passionate about films and created this character who is in high school, who knows a lot about films, which I didn't in high school. I knew directors that I liked, but I had no idea until I actually went and studied film all these things I'd been missing all my life. Um, but loving film mm. is not the same thing as being able to make film, mm. is it? No. Okay. Oh, God, no. I know that. <laughs> Still paying off my student debt. Um, <laughs> so two words for me and Earl? Seeing as you, kind of th you, 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 you were putting me on the spot earlier. Oh, yeah. Two words is love note. Mm. Cool. Yeah. 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 That seems fairly respectful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do, 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 what else? There's so much. There's so much. I know. This is, we should never take a break. Oh, we're just about to take a really big, big break, but we should never take a break this long again. <laughs> oh, um, Chris Horman, also known as The Merca on Twitter, two-word review for ends of screening of The Kid, Cinema Nirvana. Um, my favorite uh, one, I'm just scrolling through uh, from a few days ago, Fred Thompson's uh, two-word review of uh, We Are Your Friends, Unst, Unst. <laughs> That's that's one of my favorite ones. I'm going to favorite that right now. Um, that was beautiful. Yeah, shallow and overstylized with a few directorial flourishes, ultimately forgettable. I read an interesting quote snippet from an interview um, from What's His Face, the lead actor in it, and he said the most fun part of being Zach Zach Efron, Efron yeah. thank you. The most fun part of being a DJ is pretending you're doing stuff while you're DJing. And I was like, isn't it true? Yeah, that's actually really that's insightful. True. <laughs> I've, I've often thought that since the days of, uh, since the days of vinyl went and it beha all became digital, that, I mean, it used to be that you really paid the DJ for humping their records into the venue, you know, like that was, <laughs> was a part of it. Or, you know, from Ibiza to wherever, mm. you know, it's like, you know, you were, you were buying a record collection, but now when every record that's ever existed can be on a hard drive somewhere. It's hard to work out exactly what it is that they bring to the party. Mm. That's a live. A MacBook. A MacBook, right? <laughs> I haven't seen that one. So, uh, and and I imagine that's a culture that's going to go sailing right over my head. But uh, I, you know, and, and apparently it's the worst performing box office uh, wide release of the summer. Mm. So. I feel like it's a movie that I want to see, but I'm also going to hate because it's not for me. Like, mm. I'm, just, I'm just not the audience for that. And it'll probably have a lot of crappy music in it. Um, and we will end the mailbag mm -hmm. on the Merca's epic toured review, double tweet, mega... Mic drop. Mega mic drop. So, 
Tweet number one. The Incredibles, no capes. Mr. Holmes, magnificent McKellen. Arash- now, so The Incredibles, that's, you know, that's been out for a while, right? Yeah. yeah, so there's a Pixar festival, or there was a Pixar festival going on this weekend. Is that how that one got? Oh, what's that? Oh. We, see, pay attention. I have been faffing about doing nothing. <laughs> Mr. Holmes, magnificent McKellen, irrational man, wooden phoenix, Ant-Man, ruddy, marvelous. Mm. Tweet two. Yep. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, Tom's Foolery, and my favorite, the man from Uncle, Unimpressed Nephew. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, fair enough too. Um, so, uh, and, and looking at uh, the New Zealand uh, top 10 here, actually, there's a couple of films that I saw that aren't in here for some reason. Uh, and things- also, we should note with the New Zealand box office, is it has gone back to, to not. Yeah. To not comic sense. Yeah, they are now a serious organisation once again. <laughs> the, the New Zealand Motion Picture Distributors Association. They went back for a week and now it's... <laughs> um, yeah, so what happened to Wes? Um, uh, she's... Um, what's that film called? She's uh, she's Funny That Way. Oh. Which I saw and people really liked. I saw that um, last last week and in an audience. Where is it? It's not even, it's not even it's there. It's not in the top 20. That's a, that's bizarre. Ooh. Um, so do you want to do you want to start maybe start at ten? Start at, yeah, let's let's do it. Um, opening in number ten, War Room. Right, that's the biggest film in America, or well, not quite second biggest film in America at the moment. It's uh, what they call a faith-based um, film from one of the big studios. They all of the big studios now have their own uh, sort of. Uh, yeah, faith-based branch to try and uh, make films that are going to be able to uh, be have a lot of uh, attention generated through uh, church groups, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yes, uh, that's what War Room is. Crossroads Distributors, get it? Oh, yep. We are your friends Oonst, in at number Oonst. nine. Yep. In at number eight, Last Cab to Darwin. I l- really liked that film. Did you get to see it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was one of the ones that I actually did get did get to see last night. It was a bit of a catastrophe because I left my wallet at home. But the night before, I did get to see. Uh, and so, Last Cab to Darwin, Australian film, uh, starring Michael Caton, best known uh, for uh, The Castle, one of the best films <laughs> of all time in any from any country. So quotable. Yeah, completely. Uh, and he plays a, a Broken Hill taxi driver who has. Uh, uh, inoperable cancer and uh, he finds out that in Northern Territory there's an, uh, um, a doctor who is going to test the uh, euthanasia um, laws up there and is looking for people who are um, interested in being subjects for um, this machine that she's developed here. So uh, he drives from Broken Hill which is in uh, rural New South Wales across the centre of the country to Darwin in the Northern Territory. It's a road movie. He bumps into all sorts of interesting people. Those are the best road movies that go through the middle of Australia, really. They're amazing. It, it is It's. It is just the most staggeringly photogenic um, country. And, uh, and of course, uh, you know, he learns a bit about life and himself, etc. Um, still very dedicated to the project by the time he gets there, but something he learns a few things something's happened and you're just not sure exactly how it's going to play out uh, based on a stage play uh, i'm quite quite i can't quite work out how they would do it on stage considering it's a lot of it's in the taxi on the 
on the way across Australia. Um, the best thing about it is Michael Caton, who um, it really is a performance of a lifetime by him. Uh, you know, we've, we we know he can be funny. We know he's a great character actor, but this is just really, really tremendous uh, in a part that could have been written for him. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was really, I was really taken with it, actually really moved. And uh, it's been a good year for Australian movies because um, Holding the Man, which uh, is apparently wonderful, but opens... <laughs> so You've seen it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, opens this week, I think, and uh, was a big hit in the festival, um, getting a huge amount of attention in Australia. Is and apparently that film is just fantastic too. So um, great soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. So two thumbs up for Australian cinema at the moment. I mean, at least they're making um, making features again. You know, mm -hmm. we had our year last year. It's all gone off the boil a little bit to the extent where um, there aren't enough New Zealand films to even have a New Zealand Film Awards this year. I know. You know, it was like last year. It was a classic, the best year ever. What's got, you know. There's some great co-productions happening now. It's ha I mean, there's stuff happening. And mm. and the uh, in terms of the industry, things are starting to sort of cook up in terms of international productions once again. But, yeah, it's like, it, you know, last year we had so many great films and everyone's going, great, New Zealand cinema's turned the corner and we've fallen off the cliff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Something we were going to talk about two weeks ago, so I apologise that, uh, that that's a kind of old hat. Old news. Where was I? Where, oh, um, in at seven, down from six, vacation. Yeah, yeah I saw that one. And um, that's... I, I felt like that was a, a more honest film than um, Southpaw, which is the film that's um, mm. uh, above it. You know, like it makes no... It makes no pretense about being anything other than just... Uh, vulgar um uh gross out jokes it tries its best to honor um the original national lampoon's vacation uh but you know is nowhere near as, as as funny as that but um you know in the end it actually got a little bit more sort of heart to it than i was expecting um uh big uh big kudos to christina applegate who should be in more films hmm true um, in at six, speaking of Southpaw, all the way down from four is Southpaw. Mm -hmm. In at five, down from two, Hitman, Agent 47. Which I haven't seen. No. But um, Southpaw, we should go back to that because I have seen that one. Mm. Have you seen it? No. Gyllenhaal boxer, boxing movie, all the cliches of a, of a boxing movie. Um, in fact, one of the, mo one of the most uh, affecting aspects of that is that the boxing is probably the best boxing i've seen on screen like it really it really does recreate the flavor of uh of the scene uh incredibly well except i did a little bit of research in this to try and find out when because uh Gillenall plays a working class uh new yorker uh who's the world light heavyweight champion and you think well, that makes some sense until you realize that the last time a white guy was actually the world light heavyweight champion was like 1978. So it's uh, just as much of a f fantasy as, as everything else out of Hollywood, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but um, cute kid playing his daughter, um, really um, good little performance. Uh, and Forrest Whitaker is fantastic as the, mm. as the trainer who's going to bring him back from, you know, it's like a... Rags to riches to rags to riches story. Right. Mm. In at number four, up 
from five. Mission Impossible. Still going strong. Rogue and we Nation. did that. We actually did that one, didn't we? A we month did. ago. Yeah, we did. So if you want to know what we thought about that one, check out the last episode. Mm-hmm. In it th- opening at three, Ricky and the Flash, which well previewing at number three. Ricky yeah, Meryl Streep playing a rock star, a faded, faded rock star. Uh, we both managed to not get to that. No, it opened today though. So. Oh, they must have been screenings. Oh last no, night. I didn't know. Oh, what am I? No, it's been open a week. No, 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 it's been open a week. Sorry, there just weren't screenings I could get to today. Yeah, exactly. I, and and I I I was in town ready to uh, get to that, and then discovered that I'd left my wallet in my other jacket Aww. with my media pass in it. So that was the Not end of that. So flash. Yeah, it just goes to show that uh, you know, uh, I e- even though my career is going from strength to strength, I still have a fairly uh, colossal capacity to stuff things up. There you go. Hmm. And two down from one is Trainwreck. Now we get to find out the story oh. that you've been hinting at. <laughs> what can you tell me hmm. uh, about why Trainwreck appeals to you and do you feel like it's an authentic portrayal of uh, female dating life in the modern world? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Amy, Amy Schumer's great. I frequently binge on her shorts clips um, on YouTube. She's very funny. She's very brash. She goes out there and makes what would be referred to as blokey comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this film, she she gets to portray what a lot of women go through. It's like, you know, we're not the ones getting attached. We're not the ones looking for long-term relationships is like okay yes wham bam thank you leave my apartment now um so it was it was great it started out really well i love bill Hader. like i love him so finally getting him in sort of a romantic or the the male lead i was like yes like this is this movie was made for me um it it got a bit cliche rom-com at the end um yeah but isn't that the point like isn't like what what else would they have done that wouldn't have you like you either going to finish so with a happy sappy. ending like it was so saccharine I was so surprised that Judd Apatow would make something so like oh my teeth hurt so cheesy well yeah I, I I don't understand why people are complaining about this because it seems to me that a film where it is very you know the ro- rules of romantic comedy are fairly uh, rigid, you know, in terms of will they, won't they, of course they will, but how will they? Um, it's all got to come together at the last minute, and you, you, it's like a big musical. You've got to leave the cinema, you know, cheering, or like a sports movie, you know, like you've got to, they've got to get that, they've got to get the, 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 and you'll appreciate this image, they've got to get the puck into the goal at the last, at the very last minute, just before the whistle blows, so you cheer. And, you know, Anything other than what they did would have, I felt, undersold a big potential story. I like, I, I liked the ending. I thought I had, had a, I, I wanted them to get together. They did get together. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> and you know, it needed that big sort of show-off number at the end. See, I didn't think it needed to because I hate big show-off numbers because it's so stupid and unrealistic. And I'm like, that would never happen. Come on. Like, can it just be like, I don't know how it usually happens. You go get a drink and you're like, yeah, okay, let's, let's try this. This seems like a good idea. 
What? No, because it's boring. Life, real life is boring. Why yeah. would you want to watch real life on screen? Because <laughs> Amy Schumer is hilarious. And because oh, it, was, it was such a good cast. And Tilda Swinton. I didn't know it was Tilda Swinton until someone told me that she was. Isn't it funny? Isn't she, isn't she hysterical? Yeah. And I, I actually tweeted this afterwards and, and I didn't get a rise out of anybody uh, because I don't think enough people had seen it at that point. But I did, I did say, I, you know, the, how much I really enjoyed the sequel to We Need to Talk About Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody got it. But you just talk, did. We need to talk about Tilda. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was great. It was a great cast and it was very entertaining and very funny. And great cameos, celebrity cameos in there. LeBron James, the basketball player, turns out to be he one of the steals, funniest. People. He steals it. Yeah. He's brilliant. So, you know, brilliant. Like, so ter- terrific. I, yeah, a very, very enjoyable mm. uh, film. Amy Schumer is a movie star. She's, she's, they're really, you know, she should be doing, I mean, let's see what, what, what other things we can now give her to do, but we know she can, she can do this and she can act. Mm. You know, I thought there were, there were moments there which were really quite affecting and emotional. So mm. no, that was, it was good. And, uh, you know, deserves every bit of success that it gets, I hope. Still a little bit too long. Apatow still goes long, doesn't he? It's like two two hours twenty or something, and it could have been two hours. You didn't mind, did you? No. More more, more Bill Hader, <laughs> the better. All right, um, but it's not the number one. No. How is that possible? Oh. What is going wrong with New Zealand audiences? Because they wanted to see, mistakenly, the man from Uncle. Yeah. This was a film. Have you seen this one? Yes. Yeah. What did you think? It was stylish. Are you familiar with the original? I'm not familiar with the original, which now that I think about it, I should have been watching the original leading up to this episode. Oh, research, <laughs> me search. I did, although yesterday in Napier, I did see a Man from Uncle book, like one of the original vintage ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. Um, I have not seen the original, so I was like, cool. This is great, Guy Ritchie. Hopefully, this is Guy Ritchie getting back into form, which is what it felt like. It felt like early Guy Ritchie, pre-Madonna Guy Ritchie, as I like to say. Very stylish. Oh, well, no, but but hold on, those Sherlock, those Sherlock Holmes films have been alright. Yeah, alright, but not like I don't think anything will be snatched good. Oh no, 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 no. No, no. He, like he hit his peak no, you're right. way too early. Yep. Um, <laughs> so it was entertaining. Very, very stylish, but I sat there watching it and I think I was at sort of peak saturation of festival films and I was watching the film and I was like, I can't tell if I'm enjoying this or not because I'm thinking about if I'm enjoying it, but it's really pretty and Alicia Vikander is great, Mm -hmm. but I'm not super involved, but gorgeous, gorgeous people, gorgeous cars, gorgeous settings, beautiful costumes. Eye candy. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful eye candy. Uh, very, very stylish. Great clothes. And like, it's not often these days that you really, that, you know, m- fans of menswear can get as much out of a film. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, it's a long time between bonds, really, mm. to get sort of excited about <laughs> about suits. And the suits are, are really good. Um, now, I think the part of the problem here is that your two leads are not in the same film, it seems to me. Like, there's mm. no chemistry there between them um henry cavill playing napoleon solo uh best known as uh the current incarnation of superman um i'm not 
convinced that he can actually act. And so he sort of brooded about. He did, and mm. and and you you're not familiar with the original, but it seemed to me that what a lot of what he was doing was basically an impersonation of Robert Vaughan, who mm. uh, was the um, the uh, the original incarnation of that character, and something about there's you know Robert Vaughan, as we know from like Magnificent Seven and a whole lot of those stuff around the, uh, around the sixties and seventies, there was always something really dark about him you know you always felt that he had a past or he had some kind of history and that you really didn't want to cross him you know and <laughs> um so just just recreating the the vocal inflections or the accent you know particularly for 90 percent of the audience who won't get that that's what he's doing but there was no he got no sense that this character had come from anywhere had done anything like they told you they told you that he had a past but you never saw it in his performance um the uh Ilya Kuryakin character played by Army Hammer um played second fiddle unfortunately mm -hmm. really um and yet I like Army Hammer a lot more as uh, as an actor but this is another film that's not going to do huge box office that he has been a well, okay, it's number one right at the moment, but in in New Zealand, but mm. no, it, it it turned out to be a disappointing opening in the in the US for it. Um, I really like Army Hammer. I, I really liked him in the Social Network, both uh, as the as the as the Voss twins. I really liked him in the Lone Ranger. Um, I really liked the Lone Ranger. I'm one of the few people who did. But I've just got this feeling that we that Hollywood hasn't found the thing that he is going to be awesome at yet. Mm. And Aside from being ridiculously good looking, ridiculously good looking, maybe he, maybe actually we need to wait for him to weather up a few years so mm. that we don't. That's that's not the first thing you see when he comes comes into speaking, a room. Okay, I'm going to yeah. digress for a minute. Speaking of weathering up a few years, mm -hmm. I saw the trailer for Life with Robert Pattinson oh, and right. Dane DeHaan, which I'm so excited to see now. But Robert Pattinson is aging well. I feel like he needs another 10 years and, and then maybe I'll be like, yeah, I'll watch your film. I think that's a really good call because he, he's he got a very unusual bone structure, cheek, mm. right? And, and, and actually, yeah, weathering that face is going to be is going to be really interesting. I remember um, he, my, my parents used to teach at uh, drama schools in England in the 1960s. And uh, I remember my dad telling me a story uh, about... Um, uh, an actor uh, that they that they worked with who just didn't seem like he you know hadn't found his voice hadn't found his feet hadn't you know wasn't going to be a leading uh, wasn't going to be a leading man he was very talented but my dad was saying to him like you know you may not have a career straight away but if you stick at it you know when you grow into your face you grow into your uh, your your looks you grow into being a character actor all the other actors of your your age will have re disappeared by then and given up but you you'll get it um and that was brian cox who um is now you know a regular sort of heavyweight serious actor who's like the first hannibal lecter mm. and i you know there are actors who you feel like yeah, you you're you're not you're not right for your look yet, mm. but you will be at some point, and yeah. just stick at it. Mm. You hope. Um, Army Hammer, yeah, too good looking to be alive, really, at the moment. <laughs> but 
he is quite i'm glad we're in agreement <laughs> yeah but he but he is quite he's funny and charming and you know, but i i, I want to see where he, he's going to go there the problem mm. that he probably doesn't need to work because he's an heir to the hammer oil fortune and he's one of the hammers right so yeah so um i you know he's probably richer than the winklevoss twins (laughs) put together um but yeah it'd be interesting to see just exactly what um what what happens with him cavill i have no hopes for whatsoever i mean because he's he's just gonna fly through superman films forever and i think he needs like a judge dread where it's just his chin yeah, but I don't even believe that chin. Um, talking of Superman films, did you not get that news uh, earlier on that uh, Ben Affleck signed on for like more Batman's now, and, and to the extent that he's actually he's put off um, his next directorial film, uh, Live by Night, which is Dennis Lehane um, uh, adaptation, a book which I read uh, a few weeks ago. Um, because I was preparing for a nine to noon book review, really good um, book. Affleck really gets um, Dennis Lehane. You know, Affleck's turned. You know, he's an Academy Award winning director, and yet somehow he's been persuaded that the next three to five years of his life is going to be um, playing Batman. You know, what? Somebody can somebody not tap him on the shoulder maybe and say he's, maybe he's going through a massive crisis with his divorce. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, there's and that's all, why he's hmm. making these bad decisions. Maybe, maybe he's not getting the advice that he should be getting from the right people. Maybe he because have he stripped the <laughs> Well, yeah. So no sympathy from the couch. No sympathy from the couch for Ben Affleck. <laughs> all right, um, we should. Uh, I think we've covered a lot of ground there. Yes, we have. Um, so it's time for. Oh gosh, I have to find We're the We're going to get a proper Radio New Zealand news <laughs> oh, sting when, oh we did, when we do this. Sorry, I was not organised. Here no. we go. <laughs> You're not nearly as unorganised as I am. I didn't even write a script for you this time. <laughs> he wrote and directed the first nightmare, nightmare on Elm Street film, helmed the first four screen movies, and guided, guided Meryl Streep to an Oscar nom for Music of the Heart. Sadly, Wes Craven has passed away. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm kind of glad I, I I got a phone call from Radio New Zealand asking me if I was uh, wanted to go on to uh, Jesse Mulligan's show to talk about Wes Craven, and I missed the call. And by the time I'd called them back, they'd got somebody else. I'm kind of glad because I don't really, uh, and I'm also glad that I've signed my contract with them now, so they can't take the job offer away. But I'm not, <laughs> I don't actually know all that much about Wes Craven. I'm not a big horror fan. You know, the the outpouring of grief on the internet on monday and the rending of garments and the all the people saying i can't go to sleep tonight and all the rest of it none of that really registered with with me at all like i was i'm respectful of the guy's achievements but i you know i don't i when before i became a reviewer horror movies were not what i was going to go and um seek out for fun times and so as a result a lot of his career kind of passed me by unfortunately how about you yeah I find quote-unquote horror films of the 80s really fun because I don't find them very scary so they're very you know I can watch them whereas the ones today actually scare the bejesus out of me um but I love the Nightmare on Elm Street series like especially with (laughs) if you haven't seen the first Nightmare on Elm Street and Johnny Depp's performance it is brilliant he gets eaten by a bed in a crop top he's wearing it's just 
the bed's not where you're cropped up. He is. <laughs> As football players in the 80s did. You know, they wear cut-off sweatshirts. It's cool. But, uh, yeah, his, his stuff was just was just great. Um, yeah, it's sad to... Teary's passed away, but obviously he hasn't done work. A bunch of work. Uh, no, but know, he was still while, mentoring uh, mentoring mm. young filmmakers. I mean, he was very sick, brain cancer. You know, yes. like that's a, it's a not a uh, it's an awful way to to to, to go mm. to, you know, to to diminish you um, in in that way. There's an article which we'll put on the show notes uh, about uh, one of his early films, uh, the Last House on the Left, which mm-hmm. um, again I haven't seen, but it's a very very interesting article and a great um, introduction to his early work. I think. Mm. Yes. So sadly. Um, and on the other side of the cinema coin. Yes. Um, Dean Jones, whose boyish good looks and all-American manner made him Disney's favorite young actor for such lighthearted films as That Darn Cat and The Love Bug, has passed away of Parkinson's disease. He's he was 84, 84. yeah. Um, and, you know, but see, I, I, he's much more a part of my cinematic growing up. Mm. You know, the, the, all those Herbie movies, you know, like it was... It, Every school holidays, there would have been uh, a live-action Disney film. Um, you know, they're remaking Pete's Dragon at the moment here mm-hmm. in New Zealand, and and you know, and Dean Jones was the face of uh, of, of Disney sort of doofus male manhood, really. Mm. Um, and yeah, so um, uh, uh, again, a good innings. Um, Parkinson's again a horrible way to go, but. Mm. Um, yeah, somebody else, uh, you know, an important part of film history to remember. I, you know, m- when we come back, when we ring the new Rancho Notorious uh, to people, I think we're going to um, make a special effort that the news isn't just going to be about people dying. That's my um, my little <laughs> memo have, to myself. <laughs> we make it complaints from the adverti- the broadcast standards authority. <laughs> Too many dead people. Yeah. And somehow it's become unofficial law that Idris Elba's name must be part of any conversation about who would be the next best James Bond. So it's hard to imagine how the actor felt after yesterday's kerfuffle. To recap, Anthony Horowitz, the author of the new James Bond novel, told the Daily Mail uh, that he didn't think Elba was the right man for the job because Mm. he was too street yeah and he had to i back- know oh, that's a that's code isn't it for something mm. uh and he had to backtrack quite a long way to say that that you know what you thought what we all thought he meant was not what he meant he just obviously yeah so <laughs> uh so his his per- perception was you know the the tv uh idris elba from the tv show luther and you know a very much more sort of working class character than, than bond is is supposed to be forgetting that actors you know are actors and can act and people that they're not um but um it's pretty clear that daniel craig you know won't be back after this uh after specter because it seems like specter is is sort of like an end of the line type movie yeah like, it's it's the know. it is i think they're, they're they're using the film to wrap up uh, uh the whole daniel craig sort of arc in terms of uh his 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 villains etc um and and Bond isn't a role that you should be able to play. You know, Roger Moore played it way, way too long. And, you know, when when was uh, Casino Royale? That's 2005 or four or something. Anyway, like, it's a long time. And it's very, very um, brutal hard work for um, an actor. Even though the stunt guys are doing a lot of the heavy lifting, it's still, you know, Craig just looks old now you know mm-hmm. and 
I think it is. It, I can totally understand why he would want to say, you know, what I've done my I've done my dash for this, um, and uh, and and his future, like uh, like every other um, uh, able-bodied former Bond, is going to be uh, doing cameos in Edgar Wright movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, you know, there's it's an honourable future, Daniel, mm. mm-hmm. uh, for you. But um, who should who should the next um, Bond be? I mean, I have no. Uh, I have a feeling they're going to go young. Yeah, well, the thing is, if they sign them young, then they can keep them for longer. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of cinema right now is just really about, like, young... I mean, cinema has always been about young, fresh faces, Mm. but I feel like it's... If the Fantastic Four can be teenagers, then, yeah, yeah, Bond, you know, it'll be young Jimmy Bond, (laughs) straight out of high school. Oh, 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 it'll be like a... What are they called? Like a origin story. Yeah. Uh, but you know, but you can tell that the success of films like Hunger Games and Twilight means mm. that, uh, yeah, you know, that that younger demographic, uh, and you know, they can cut a suit to fit just about anybody now. Speaking of cutting suits and the Secret Service, I watched The Kingsman. Isn't it recently. awful? It wasn't awful. It's it was totally so, it awful. It was so entertaining. It's so gross. <laughs> we were really. We, I mean, I think I'm not sure if. Um, we talked about it on on this show or not, but uh, definitely um, when I was uh, doing a nine to noon review, um, we were we were very very upset watching it in with an audience. It was the violence was quite unforgivably amoral. Mm. But you didn't mind. No, <laughs> I didn't mind. <laughs> All right. Well, we won't we won't go back and relitigate that. But um, I do hope that there isn't going to be another one. But there might be. You never know. Mm. Uh, so, uh, now we'll just wrap up the show. Here we are, 58 minutes. We promised we wouldn't go into the second hour. But here we are. Dinner's about waiting. to. Dinner is waiting. There's a roast chicken. Uh, I can smell, can smell it. Wafting. <laughs> wafting. <Stuffed> roast chicken. <laughs> um, so, we'll, it's my turn. And we're going to do... What do we normally do? Australia next, isn't it? Um, oh. So, Australia. Uh, top 10, because it's been a while since we're... Oh, War Room at 10, funnily enough, uh, coincidentally. But Australia has some sense. And The Man from Uncle at number 9. Hitman Agent 47, which we haven't seen, uh, is at number 8. Last Cap to Darwin. We've done that one. That's 7. Mission Impossible at 6. The Gift. What's the gift? Remind me. That's a horror film, isn't it? Yeah, I think horror so. Horror yes. thriller film thing. Anyway. Rated um, M. Yeah, but not... Uh, I think it has been released here, but um, definitely not to the same uh, results. Hey, this is Dan here, just uh, jumping in with a, a Friday morning correction uh, discovered during the editing process. Um, the Gift isn't the film that I thought it was just then. Uh, it is, in fact, uh, the uh, new film directed by Joel Edgerton, uh, uh, Australian starring Jason Bateman, uh, Rebecca Hall, Joel Edgerton himself is in it. Um, and uh, it's uh, yeah, a, th- a thriller uh, mystery film and uh, looks really good. Um, unfortunately, uh, has already been dropped from the New Zealand uh, release schedule. So um, straight to video for that one, uh, no matter the fact that it's uh, a top 10 uh, box office in the US. So um, back to your normally scheduled programming. Train wreck at four. See, this is this is where this is this is what we won't be doing is just like flailing around trying to remember what films are. When we when we go to Radio New Zealand, we will know of which we speak. Uh, train wreck at four. Ricky and the Flash at three. Vacation at two. You crazy Australian people. And number one, Southpaw. Nearly 
three and a half million bucks total in box office. The North of America. I'm just going to count. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they don't number them. Ridiculous. Oh, there's ten. There's ten on this page. Okay. Derp. <laughs> in at number ten, The Gift. In at nine, Jurassic World. Hanging in there. Twelve weeks uh, in release. Staggering, like a billion bucks. Massive. <laughs> yeah. Amount of money. Yeah. Um, in at number eight, Ant Man. Seven, Hitman Agent Forty Seven. Six, The Man from Uncle. Five, Sinister Two. Some sort of horror follow-up to Sinister, I guess. Mm. Uh, in at four, No Escape. No idea. <laughs> Mission Impossible Rogue Nation is at three and two War Room. And in the number one position, which opened, I think, today, straight out of Compton. It opens today in New Zealand. Sorry. Yeah, it opens today in New Zealand. So it's yeah. uh, into week three. three. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's been number one every single weekend. Um and interestingly, you know, I mean, that's a that's a serious amount of uh, amount of box office. But a lot of the headlines in the trade papers have been not about how successful Straight Outta Compton is, because then they might actually have to engage with why that is. But the headlines have been um, how it's been, you know, very quiet. Mm. <laughs> so you know, like damning with faint box office praise, unfortunately. And with a New Zealand and Canadian connection on the IMDb movie meter, number one this week, Fear the Walking Dead. Shot in Vancouver. Shot in Vancouver and starring Cliff Curtis, Toy Ficati graduate. Um, Is he playing a New Zealander? Yes. Yes. For the first time, for the first time in In Hollywood, he's allowed to be Marty. (laughs) It's it's fantastic. And uh, I've been really enjoying watching the trailers for the Jermaine Clement uh, romantic people comedy, things. people places things mm. because he is also playing a New Zealander, mm-hmm. and you know this might be a, a the the moment in New Zealand cinema history where we've turned the corner and we're allowed to actually be New Zealanders in other people's films mm-hmm. successfully. Mm. I thought that yeah, I'm really looking forward to that Jermaine Clement film. I think the the trailer made me laugh out loud twice, and I don't laugh out loud easily. And those twins are cute. Those girls are There we cute. go. So, um, unfortunately, it's, it's opening, what, today, isn't it? Or is it next week? Maybe it's next week. Either way, it's, it'll be been and gone by the time we come back. So, uh, we'll have to have that discussion uh, over the Twitters and uh, in the comments on the website, maybe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, finally, UK. I had to go to the BBC, of all places, to get the UK box office, because the BFI are all on flipping summer holiday, it seems. <laughs> um, number five in the UK and Ireland, Pixels. <gasps> Number four, Mission Impossible Rouge Nation. Any opportunity to get that gag out there? Three, Hitman Agent Forty Seven. Um, and uh, I remember seeing the first Hitman film, and apparently they're not connected in any way, shape, or form. Like new actor, um, not a sequel. <laughs> it's just that it's just a, it's a reboot. Like they've just gone back to the video game, start again. Ridiculous. Uh, number two, Inside Out. Only just opened in in the UK. Really? They've had to wait. Mm. Again, summer summer things, school holidays, mm. etc. Uh, number one in the UK, straight out of Compton. So that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is our show. Thank you all for listening. Mm. We'll be back eventually. In in one sh- in in some shape or form. Mm. Um, I guess one of the things that we have, that I, you know, I, I've been thinking about is like that. For those of you that subscribe to the show on iTunes. Um, once we go to Radio New Zealand, 
the I don't know how we're going to be able to keep that those subscriptions live like it'll be hosted in a different way it may well be that we have to um, contact you all individually somehow you'll have to let us know how to do that uh, so we can tell you where to find us when we relaunch because um, it may well be that the that this particular feed has to come to an end and we start something new i genuinely don't know how that's going to work technically or legally seeing as that rnz will basically own it um yeah so complicated uh we'll do our best uh to keep everybody up to date with what's going to be happening with us most of the rest of the uh of these paragraphs don't really apply anymore if you've enjoyed this this show (laughs) if you've enjoyed this episode you can subscribe to us don't bother at (laughs) funeralsandsnakes.net forward slash rancho notorious where you'll find ways to communicate with us via email or you can uh, make a comment on the website you can follow us on twitter you can still do that (laughs) yes at rancho podcast that's r-a-n-c-h-o podcast all one word where we'll be tweeting slightly more incessantly now that i have it on my phone um, about things we think are interesting or just maybe what's happening on the bus i don't know Uh, and you can interact with us on letterboxd too thanks to the amazing reesey pie our username is rancho and notorious all one word this show has been a funerals and snakes production season three in fact all of our seasons and we are so incredibly grateful to all of you uh our executive producers robert catto random films claire Quere, mark cuby anthony s pratt thank you very much for the dessert wine which we may be opening a little bit mm. later on fred thompson matthew buchanan the theme music to uh now here's another thing is that i'm pretty sure that the 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 radio new zealand um rules are that uh you know we can't we don't have executive producers anymore so Mm -hmm. this is the last shout out Mm -hmm. to all of you um we're very very grateful and um we'll still try and sneak you onto the show don't worry when we if you haven't been a guest and you come you're to Wellington. You're all experts in something. Exactly. So you'll be on the show. So yeah, um, if you're in if you're in Wellington or if you're going to be in Wellington, let us know so that we can uh, get you uh, a seat on the couch and then dinner afterwards because we'll still be doing that. Um, the theme music, which again, I'm not even sure if I'm going to be allowed to use because it's commercial, commercial, <laughs> commercially available track. The things I'm going to learn over the next few weeks. The theme music to the show is Ennio Morricone's The Good, The Bad and The Ugly by Loz Plantronics. And uh, you can buy that at the iTunes store. And in fact, you know, you may not be able to hear it on Rancho Notorious. So if you want that nostalgia burst every time it turns up on Shuffle, go to iTunes and buy it. Um, Now, we're going to play you out with some more music. Um, Not a lot of people remember that Dean Jones, who we spoke about earlier on, recently passed was in the original broadway cast of stephen sondheim's company and uh we're big fans of that here at rancho notorious here he is blowing the roof off being alive from the original soundtrack album thanks very much uh, to kaylee as always and uh we'll see you soon uh one way or another big thanks to my swell partner karen to make sure that everyone who visits us here at rancho notorious is well fed well watered well looked after there's a chicken roasting in the oven at the moment um and to sebastian our sous chef who's been helping out fantastic um that's that's it for um rancho notorious in this incarnation thanks to you all for listening good evening from me dan slipman 
you all for your support, and that's good evening from We Tyler. haven't, yeah, we haven't forgotten about the t-shirts, and we still got some postcards. <laughs> we still got some postcards to send out. So rest assured that it's the, the things like that are keeping me awake at night. I, we 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 want to be able to make sure that everybody gets everything that they were promised, even though we're a year late. But we haven't forgotten. We've still got the spreadsheet, and we we will be getting that stuff out to you. So thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody for helping make the show what it has become. Somebody hold me too close Somebody hurt me too deep Somebody sit in my chair And ruin my sleep And make me aware Of being alive Being alive Somebody need me too much Somebody know me too well Somebody pull me up short And put me through hell And give me support For being alive Make me alive Make me alive Make me confused Love me with breath my days but alone is alone not alone somebody crowd me with love somebody force me to care Somebody make me come through I'll always be there As frightened as you To help us survive Being alone 